welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. It is great to be back again for me. Again, wasn't here on Saturday. It's always good to be able to talk bears. We have Michael Allardyce with us again today from NBC Sports Chicago. Michael, how are you getting on today in this kind of great week in terms of Chicago sports? I mean, unless you're saying it's a great week in Chicago sports, so um, I'm getting along great. And the weather isn't 90 degrees and humid like it had been. It's like a nice low 80 with like a cool breeze. So like the weather's perfect. Um, we got sports teams making big moves left and right. The White Sox getting Craig Kimball, the Bulls getting Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso. Um, you know, training camp started for the Bears. It's it's a very uh, exciting time to be in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. It's it was a crazy weekend. Like like a lot of the listeners know, I went away for a weekend, went over to Portugal, and like literally just before my flight on the Friday. All the rumors and all the trades went down for the Cubs, and I was trying to like get all of that information before I hit my flight. Got on my flight, and I think at that stage, Javi Baez was gone. Obviously, Rizzo and all them were gone. And I'm like, oh, what's going to happen with Chris Bryant? I get off my flight, and he's gone to San Francisco. So I'm like, okay, all my favorite Cubs players are gone. This is not ideal. <laughs> you, you see what happens with the Sox, and it's, it's really good. And then... I start going, uh, I, I return back to Ireland on the Monday and everything starts going down with the Bulls. And at least that was a little bit more positive on, on my side of things. But look, before we get into the Bears, I think it's a good comparison because we look at, I guess, the excitement that the whole Justin Fields um, draft pick gave to the Bears fans. And we were talking about this off, off air, Anthony, that... I feel a similar sort of, I guess, joy for a lot of the Bulls fans and what, what has happened over the last kind of 24, 48 hours. Michael, as someone that has to cover a lot of these stories, what was your first opinion? First of all, I guess a lot of people expected Lonzo Ball would eventually become a Chicago Bull unless kind of New Orleans matched the offer that they were going to put in. But then to kind of see them go after Caruso and then get to Mario DeRozan and Look, they still have some more moves to do. What's your overall feeling on kind of what's happening with, with the Chicago Bulls right now? I mean, right now it's just pure excitement and elation. Um, I'm not going to pretend to be the most um, intelligent basketball mind. You know, I enjoy watching basketball, but I listen to people at NBC Sports Chicago like Casey Johnson and Rob Schaefer and Jason Goff talk about the Bulls and – how players fit certain types of roles and what their needs are and why they're a good fit or a bad fit. And it just really kind of puts into perspective how much, how little I know about basketball. Um, so I'm coming at it from like a very much cat, very much a casual fans perspective. Uh, and I'm excited, you know, the watching the bulls in recent years, hasn't always been that exciting. It was exciting going into last year because there's a little bit of hope and Billy Donovan um, and that kind of went south and the Nikola Vucevic trade happened and that brought a little bit of excitement, but injuries kind of kept that from leading to a playing game push. Um, so I think it, it, it's excitement. And I, I would venture to guess that people haven't been this excited about basketball since pre-2015 and kind of the height of the Derrick Rose era. Um, I, I know that some people love the DeMar DeRozan sign and some people don't. Um, I'm... As a casual fan, it's it's a name, it's a star, it's somebody I know, and I trust that these people running the Bulls know what they're doing. So, I, I mean, I'm just excited. Like, I'm actually excited to watch 
a Bulls game. You know, there's been many a night where I've had to tell my wife, like, hey, I got to watch the Bulls game um, for work and do work-related stuff. And she's like, do you really want to watch Walt Lemon Jr. play basketball? No disrespect to Walt Lemon Jr., but um, now it's kind of like, yeah, sign me up. I'll, I'll run social media. I'll work during the games. Like, I, I want to see that. I want to watch. Um, so it, it's just a lot of excitement. I think, you know, Lonzo Ball is going to be a good fit. He's, uh, you know, a young player who's still developing and um, growing. And he had, you know, a career year last year. So if that trajectory can keep um, kind of climbing, he's played with somebody who's good at getting to the rim and Zach Williamson. And Zach Levine certainly has that skill set. Though Zach's a better three-point shooter, I think, than he gets credit for. Um, you know, so him, what they've needed always is this point guard to facilitate and kind of drive the offense. I think now that they have that, in Alonzo uh, Ball, it'll be, um, you know, it'll be good for the Bulls. And I'll give you, I'll give you one scoop here. We we just did an interview with Ice Cube uh, from the Big Three for Bulls Talk podcast coming up this week, and uh, he said he the Alex Caruso signing hurt him because Caruso left his beloved Lakers to to come to the Bulls, and he was singing Caruso's praises. And that might have been the one that was kind of flying under the radar, but he kind of got me a little bit excited about Alex Caruso coming to the Bulls and kind of the sixth man um, backup point guard defense full court specialist uh, role. So I think it's just, it's just a lot of excitement. Like October can't get here fast enough. Yeah. It's, it's a really good one because you look at what the Bulls are doing and then we look at all the excitement that people have had for the bears. And it's like, we actually will be able to watch two of these teams playing in, like you said, in October, November, December, and actually enjoy getting to, to watch these teams play because I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm a big basketball fan. Like for some of the people that from now we back in at home, it's like I've, I've coached basketball for a long, for a long time here as well after I, I finished playing. And it's just one of those that it really hurt not being able to, actually actually be able to watch the team because it's just been that boring and you're just like you know exactly what's gonna happen even when we had the likes of with Zach Levine over the last couple of years where he was being successful but you always knew towards the end they're somehow they're gonna blow it and it's just nice to know that you look at the starting five and it's something that I guess you can be proud of to have a, a team where you actually look at each player and like okay that's a legit NBA player that's starting for us. And it's, I've heard of him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I guess it's the same thing to make kind of some of these comparisons with the Bears. It just it's the same thing when you look at kind of Justin Fields and even when we kind of talk about Andy Dalton as well, as how long have we gone through going through quarterbacks? We're like this dude's not even an average quarterback in the NFL. We have absolutely no chance. And it kind of brings us kind of full circle in terms of a lot of the Chicago teams. We we've seen it for the White Sox for a long period of time where the teams, they had some good players, but was never really the team that was good. We had obviously at the Cubs for a, a little stretch there. We've had Blackhawks obviously getting the kind of three cups and then they went down. They're trying to make moves this, this off season as well. We'll see how, how that works out but look anthony i want to bring you in here because this is the first time we've been we've done a show just you, you me and and a guest for for a couple of weeks now and it's it's good to be able to to talk to you and uh, look where i want to bring this into because a lot of bears fans have the same i guess worries 
questions, everything that's gone on since training camp has started, and it has all re- revolved around the offensive line. And perfectly so. I think the biggest question, and a lot of people have had it, even pre kind of the training camp, is all about Tevin Jenkins and the fact that he hasn't been able to get on the field. I think we're what six, seven practices in now, and still all he's doing is side work, pulling carts or kind of pulling weights up hills and things like that. How worried on a kind of scale of one to ten are you? The fact that we're what a week and a half away from the first preseason game and Tevin Jenkins hasn't even stepped onto the field yet. Yeah, I think I think a month ago, I think I was going on record as saying that Tevin Jenkins is the most important player for the Chicago Bears this year. Um, and I stick by it. It's even more so now um, because I really wanted them to go up when pads were on, go up against our pass rushers and see what a real defense is looking like. Um, it's, it's worrying, without a doubt. What's even more worrying is the answer that was given at the start of training camp, which, oh, we're just holding him back. Oh, well, we're just making sure he's okay too. Yeah, we might see him for days, maybe weeks now. Um, and that, that seems to have changed from when we first, the first conversation about the, about the injury. It's just he is so important to our all line because everything that we want to do around Justin Fields and Andy Dalton, but Justin Fields especially. So no matter whether Dalton starts or not, we should be scheming for Justin Fields so that everyone gets ready for Justin Fields. And if Dalton sits into that for a period of time, so be it. But I think the fear with that is that our O-line just doesn't have that level of depth that it needs to. Um, and already you've always seen something like... like Daniels has also got injured now, supposedly, and there's a few other ones that come through. So again, it, it's it's back to the do we go into free agency and find someone that's not dead and uh, to try and play in place? And, and I think that's where we're we're looking right now, which is a bit of a downer, considering where we were six, seven, eight, nine days ago, where we're all like, yeah, let's go. I was talking about my 18 and 0, but then I always do that anyway. But it was more a case of I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. But now you're looking at our running back room that is great potentially on paper, but will they have the space to do it like they had last year? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. And look, Mike, I know a lot of people have different opinions on this. Some are saying it's still early. There is, again, it's the first week of training camp. It's no point in kind of freaking out over, I guess we haven't even played a preseason game yet and these guys haven't got on. But I guess then the opposite view that a lot of people have is, well, Tevin Jenkins is transitioning to a new position. He's gone from the right side to the left side. Again, trying to do that, but also transition to the NFL level and you haven't been able to get on the field. So do you think that some fans are right and kind of sounding like a little bit of an alarm or do you think that people need to kind of calm down a little bit? It's still early in training camp and we should see Tevin Jenkins in enough time for the start of the regular season. Um. I'm kind of the, I'm personally the kind of person that's going to not panic too soon. You know, I'll wait until a crisis to really panic. My, my wife's kind of the other way. She's like the ultimate planner and wants to plan every scenario out so that she knows what to do no matter what's presented. I'm kind of the person who's like, let me the problem till, to, to figure out the solution. So I guess I personally would fall in the group of like, it, it's been less than a week of training camp or it's been just a week in training camp. I guess. You know, let's let's see how um, where we're looking at the start of next week. Today's an off day, so you know we don't know what tomorrow um, or the practices over the weekend um, are going to look like. You know, but I think one thing it you know that stands out is Morgan um, Moses when he was a free agent uh, this summer in 
I think he was connected to Chicago and some rumors that, you know, not signing someone like that um, probably hurts. Now in hindsight, you know, that looks like a, maybe a mistake, but I think, you know, Ryan Pace at the moment thought we have Tevin Jenkins and um, he's the guy of the future. So, you know, we feel confident that he could be the guy. I don't know if he was injured at the time or, you know, what have you. So I can understand why they maybe didn't pass on it. I think there is some concern because for me, it's not necessarily so much him transitioning from the right side to the left side. He's told us in, you know, the draft week after he was drafted that he um, had played on the left side his entire life. He only played on the right side at Oklahoma state because uh, an injury forced uh, you know, someone else in the lineup and uh, Jenkins asked him whether he was more comfortable on the right or left side. And he was more comfortable on the left side. So he went to the right to, um, for the betterment of the the offensive line at Oklahoma State. So that's not quite so much as worrying as it is just getting up to speed against NFL talent, getting reps against somebody like Khalil Mack or Robert Quinn, who's also dealing with his own injury issues, um, and, and trying to make that adjustment. And, you know, some of the things that you've heard Justin Fields talk about that's the biggest adjustment isn't necessarily the stuff that's kind of the bread and butter for his position. He's like, it's not the throws, it's the, it's the little – NFL speed thing that I didn't have to do in college going into a huddle and calling a play is something that I never had to do at um, at Ohio State and Justin Fields is saying that's the hardest adjustment for him. So it's not necessarily the, the football side of things, just the little intricacies that make the NFL different than college football. Um, that's concerning. But I think, you know, the, the depth is definitely a legitimate concern. There's um, not a lot of players behind this starting lineup that inspire a lot of faith. And I think some people probably weren't all that excited or confident in the, in the life that was healthy, you know, and especially when you look at somebody like Andy Dalton, who's looked really crisp in practice, you know, he, we saw what he looked like last year behind a bad offensive line and in Dallas and it, it wasn't great. Um, so I think there is a lot of cause for concern, but also the rational person of me who doesn't want to panic too soon is also thinking, well, last year, the offensive line was dealing with issues and they went through some growing pains at the beginning of the season and they moved people around and they figured it out and it was enough to make them good and competitive again. And so I'm trying to hold out hope that that's we're headed this time around. They'll figure out where to put people to maximize their strengths and to for it to be enough. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know that I'm panicking. I'm I'm cautious or slightly concerned. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a fair one, especially when you do kind of talk about Justin Fields and what he has said is the biggest adjustment that he's finding. And I kind of want to, I do want to bring that back, and I bring this to you, Anthony, especially when we do talk about Tim and Jenkins. Look, we know that in training camp, there's only so much that a lot of the offensive linemen actually learn because they they do need game time to be able to to kind of go through because there's only so much they do kind of these one-on-ones pass rush drills with, with the outside linebackers. They do obviously when the pads come on, they do a little bit, but again, it's, it's not to the same extent as what you see in the game because the quarterbacks can't get sacked. Right. Um, so you don't see that kind of last ditch kind of trying to protect yourself because again, nobody wants to go too bad to where you're actually going to get injured in, in a practice. But the one thing that I want to kind of bring you to is the fact is Justin Fields, when he's talking about it's the little things like getting used to how to do things, how 
to call plays, to make sure that when Justin Fields is the one that's calling it, you know what he's saying because that's the main thing because we've seen it in some cases that I think there was a I think there was a tweet that went out during the week, or maybe it was last week, that the new tight end, Jesse James, when Justin called out one of the plays, he was going yeah. to the wrong area and Justin puts him in the right one. Now, for an offensive line to have your two tackles injured, to have them not have a lot of experience with your kind of rookie quarterback and not even Justin, but also Andy Dalton, because you need to be able to know exactly what your assignments are. And look, I'm not too worried about Effetti because again, he's a veteran. He knows he's played the position. He got switched over mid season was fine. It's more Tevin Jenkins is a rookie making sure that you understand all of these calls. And look, I I would assume that he's going through this every single day that he's not on, on the field, but it's very hard to replicate. But what are your concerns, I guess, when you, you do look at this kind of, I guess, moving forward, like when do you think that Bears fans should actually genuinely be worried about when it comes to kind of week one and his readiness to play against the Rams? Because that's going to be a ferocious front seven that he's going to come up against if he gets to play in that kind of first game depending on injury. So at what point do you think that Bears fans have to be a little bit concerned and really even the Bears have to wonder is we may have to bring in another veteran here because we have a couple of injuries along the offensive line. Yeah, I don't I don't actually know is an honest answer because you just put hit the nail on the head. We only will ever really know if they're ready or not until week one, until we see what the Rams are actually going to do. And because of exactly what you just said, because of set. the one thing I'd like to bring up though as well was the thing I was really looking forward, forward to is because of the because of the camp that they had originally, the very, very start of camp when Bears first came back, uh, and all the offensive line were eating together and they were staying together, and they felt like they were together as a group, as one unit. Um, and it's pretty disappointing for that unit that there seems to be little fractions with the injuries. And I think that's what we're missing more than anything else. It's not necessarily the individuals, but it's them as a collective group. Um, and so we, we might bring in somebody and plug and play somebody because we have to, but that's new into the group again. And they're and they're coming from, from behind the behind the eight ball. And with our O-line, which is so much problems have come for us for quite some time with that. And by the way, people blame the quarterback and don't get me wrong, the quarterback wasn't great, but he didn't get helped by his O-line in front of him. I think that's my bigger worry. Tevin Jenkins, when are we going to get worried to come back? I wasn't worried until Nagy's press conference and he was talking about, about this being maybe weeks. If it's weeks, then yeah, it is a worry. Um, on the flip side, the fact that they haven't brought anybody else in yet, um, considering they brought somebody in at, at linebacker this morning or today, yes, I know he's only a tackle bag in essence, but they did bring somebody in. Um, makes me think that they, they're not really 100% worried yet. Uh, Fetty, I don't know how long that is going to be, but if you've got both Fetty and Jenkins out for potentially right up to week one, um, that's obviously not something you'd want. Like we saw, everyone saw the clips. Um, Akeem Hicks just literally ran through Lechavia uh, Sims, I think it was. Like, Lechavia's like, was me, sorry, but that's just not good enough. Um, and if we're going against the Rams, then Andy Dalton starts, and I'd say Justin Fields comes on after, at, at quarter two because Andy Dalton's not fit for purpose because he won't physically be allowed back on the field. And if that's the case, then you're putting folds in because you just take the hits. And, and that's, the, that's the disappointing part. Um, but that's where I think we're. Tim Jenkins needs to get on the field and needs to get on the field quick. Yeah, it's that's an interesting one, Mike, because I think this is one of the arguments that a lot of people have 
because we've we've been talking about kind of Justin Fields when he should start because a lot of people have different opinions on this. But the one that constantly comes up from people that don't want him to start in kind of week one, two, three, four, are the the uncertainty that comes with the offensive line. A lot of the a lot of the statements are let Andy Dalton deal with the punches early on and until the offensive line gets a little bit settled. We've seen kind of some of the injuries that have happened. What would be your opinion on that? Is let's say Jenkins and Effetti, maybe one of them gets back for, for week one. What would be do you think based on that would change any sort of schedule for when Justin Fields would play? Or do you think that it should no matter what, whatever, whenever Justin Fields is ready, he plays and it shouldn't matter what is kind of going on in front of him? Ooh, that's a tough question. I think the answer depends on who's giving it. I think um, Nagy and Pace have shown that they can be very steadfast in their um, approach, and it doesn't really matter. And, you know, to be honest, like the way we're hearing them look at training camp, I think a lot of them are saying that while Justin Fields has flashes, Andy Dalton's looked better and crisper and more consistent. Um, so it might not be quite the pressing matter that we, we think it will be now. We've only had training camp for a week. First game of the season is still over a month away, and a lot can change um, in that time span. But, you know, and the other part of this is I think people have Joe Burrow fresh in their mind what happened last year, and nobody wants to see that happen with Justin Fields. You know, the city has waited for a franchise quarterback for, for years, for decades. And to finally feel like you have one, there's a lot of excitement getting to see him on the field. But at the same time, you don't want to – um, have him injure himself and uh, kind of derail or cut short that career and kind of extend the city's longing for a franchise quarterback. You know, you also think about like Robert Griffin Jr. the third, who had a great um, season with the Washington football team and led them to the playoffs and then suffered an injury and never really been the same. Um, so, you know, with the offensive line concerns, I think if it were up to me, I, I would probably use that as a reason to wisely keep Justin Fields out. I think there is some validity to the fact that um, there's probably more you can do with Justin Fields to avoid pass rushes, to um, hide some of the offensive line by rolling them out and doing some of that stuff. Um, So I think, you know, in that aspect, it is appealing. But I think if we're talking specifically about that Rams game to open the season, you know, okay, you're probably not expected to win that game. Take that loss. Take that risk with with um, Andy Dalton and and let Justin Fields live to see another day. Um, I guess it's kind of my thing. I, I still think that while he probably Justin Fields probably won't um, it won't be game or week 18, game 17 of the season when he finally makes a start. They talk about the Patrick Mahomes plan, and that's Patrick Mahomes made his start. His rookie season was the final game of the year. I don't think it'll be quite. The, the wait will be quite that long. Um, you know, I think it'll be middle of the season, but I also wouldn't move it up either. Like, I do think there's probably some, um, it'd probably be smart to wait and see how the offensive line looks in real action before making that decision and throwing Justin Fields to the Wolves. You know, there's, there also is the mindset that when a quarterback's ready, you play them, you know, there's only so much learning you can do holding a clipboard. And when you're ready, the only way you can learn and grow is to get on the field. But you know, I'd probably still wait a couple weeks, two, three, four, see what this offensive line is and try and make sure that it's um, going to be solid enough for him to be back there and, and be healthy. Yeah, I've always been of 
the opinion. I think when we kind of do kind of step back and try not to see it as like fans rather than actually kind of analyze what's most likely, I still think you're looking at something similar to what happened with Justin Herbert last year. Like I know he, he got in because of an injury to Tyrod Taylor, but I think we all expected that you're looking at kind of week four to eight for him to eventually come in and you probably see something similar in Justin Fields. And I think that's, it's definitely fair. I know a lot of people will say whenever he's ready, that he should play. Like you said, there's only so much you can learn from holding a clipboard, but really there are other things that he's got, that he does need to get down. Like Matt Nagy has said, look, he's, he feels like he knows the playbook. Now he's able to kind of actually say it in the huddle. And now it's kind of that post snap. What was he doing when he, when the defense changes and different things like that, that look, we're going to see more of Justin Fields in the preseason, which will give us a better idea of how ready he is to play. And I completely agree with what you said at the start, where there's no need to have to rush Justin Fields in if he's not ready. Now, if he's ready and we can see it and it's very obvious, then okay, you play him. But again, you don't rush a rookie in if they're not prepared, because we've seen when that happens that there are mistakes and all I have the when you mentioned about Joe Burrow, the key thing is the offensive line in in Cincinnati just wasn't good. And we saw what happened to him, gets injured. And now there's even reports in Bengals camp that some of his passes that are going 10 yards are hitting the ground because he's probably not back properly ready. But that's a big concern for them that it's their probably biggest pick in the last decade, decade plus, and there's worrying signs going into year two because of that serious injury that he suffered. Look, Anthony, one thing I wanted to bring you on in the offensive line is obviously we, we've seen a couple of guys, they've been out injured. You've mentioned kind of the Chadwick Simmons. I think he's been kind of put back down into whatever it is, second team um, since. Uh, obviously, Wilkinson had been brought up at some point in time. But the main interesting one is I was reading a lot of what was happening yesterday in terms of Larry Borum getting first team reps at left tackle. And I think it was Brad Biggs that mentioned when they were doing their one-on-one drills that he was able to hold his own. That's really interesting for a guy that I think a lot of people expect to be a swing tackle and probably not be ready for really a year to be challenging for one of the starting spots. But while Tevin Jenkins is out, while Jermaine Fetty is out, this gives him some valuable reps that normally he wouldn't be getting against the number one defense. Yeah, I think from everything that seems to be coming out of Alice Hall, he seems to have impressed them almost the most because they, they don't seem exactly what you said. I think they didn't really expect him to be almost where he is now. Um, and also the fact the injuries is next man up. And I, I think, that, like, wouldn't that be amazing if we suddenly had a scenario where Borum and potentially Jenkins and Fields, because we're very confident on him, rightly so, that potentially we have three players that are really pushing in our, on our offensive side of the ball, unexpectedly in the case of Borum. Um, do I think he's going to be a starting left tackle? No. But do I think he could potentially use the experience he's getting on that side of the ball to move it across to, to be a, a real challenger later on in the year for right tackle? 100%. I think there's a real shot that we need to give those 
guys like Fetty a real kind of battle because that's the problem we've had for quite some time in Chicago. Like, lads have always played. Charles Leno always played. No matter what happened, he was going to get onto the field. And we need to get away from that. We need to get some guys from our draft class or even from our free agency class that are going to put pressure on guys there. We're going to talk about it soon in our show down the road, but Danny Chirayton's comments today were really interesting. He says he's come back ready to go. wonder if that's got anything to do with the fact that Christian Jones is brought in. I wonder if there's those conversations and that's what we need to get. Will will uh, Montgomery be even better because Williams is in the running back room? Will it hurt? So all those different things, the, the depth, that's the reason why the depth is so important because it's not just about, oh, well, if guy gets injured, we have a good player to come in. It's just so that people know that they can't be guaranteed a start. And I think that's that's fantastically important that, that we get that. And, and if we get Larry Borum getting used to that, and if we can, if we've, Tevin Jenkins coming back in two weeks and almost ready to go for week one, but we've given Larry Borum those two weeks of experience, then it might be a win-win altogether. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's valuable, especially for a rookie, because he wasn't expected to get a lot of these first-team reps. And not only is it just because you get to be with, obviously, kind of your other offensive linemen that would be in the first team, like obviously Cody Whitehair and some of the other guys, but the fact is you get to go up against the likes of a Khalil Mack. You get to go up against if Robert Quinn is, is healthy enough to be able to go and some of the other pass rushers. So, Mike, what did you think about this when, when you heard, obviously, that Larry was getting some of the refs at, at left tackle and in some of those one-on-one drills, I believe that they were mainly talking about that he was at, he was able to hold his own against some of kind of the starting defense and kind of it's something that I don't think a lot of fans expected out of a, a fifth rounder. But again, it shows that spending a fifth rounder trying to improve the depth on the offensive line, which as we know, when injuries happen on the offensive line, teams tend to struggle afterwards. So how I guess in a kind of difficult situation with Tevin Jenkins and Jermaine Fetty being out, how good is that positive kind of going into this to see one of the younger guys kind of step up and kind of show that he, he belongs? Yeah, well, I think, um, one, there is a history of Ryan Pace hitting in the fifth round with picks. So the fact that um, Larry Borum is getting those kind of first-team reps and holding his own and maybe turning on some heads in a way that people didn't quite expect, um, kind of just, it's almost comical that it could keep happening in the fifth round. But also, um, given the circumstances and the environment, like, very, very lucky. Um, so, you know, like we talked about with Justin Fields and kind of getting that experience against, you know, first round or first tier NFL talent is important. I think for somebody like Larry Borm, it, it's good. You know, when you're the an offensive tackle and a rookie and you're behind someone like Tevin Jenkins, it's kind of hard to get uh, or it's kind of easy to get overlooked and, and miss out on some of those opportunities in the development. You know, and I think if you're getting in there against a pass rusher who's still elite, and Khalil Mack, despite his um, decline in recent seasons, you know, I think that can do a lot for his development. It can do a lot for his confidence. Uh, I think specific, you know, especially as a rookie, you know, establishing that belief in themselves can do a lot to help them overcome any issues or, or setbacks that they encounter. Um, it can really alter their tra- career trajectory. So the fact that he's going up against a few players like Khalil Mack and holding his own and, um, you know, it's going to do wonders down the road and, and it's really kind of a blessing. Um, you know, and I think about somebody like Leo Collins for um, the Dallas Cowboys who came out of 
college tackle, kind of similar, like a, a big size uh, player. Um, and he's kind of moved all over that Dallas Cowboys offensive line too um, and had a, a really successful career. And, you know, if that can happen with Larry Borum, then that's that's going to be great. We've seen, we saw last year, how players like Cody Whitehair or James Daniels moving around was able to kind of overcome um, some weaknesses in that unit as a whole. So that versatility is going to be crucial. And I think it's going to make him a much more valuable player for the Bears than they maybe anticipated. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because you look at some of these guys, whether it's defense, offense, is being able to be versatile and being able to play a number of different positions gives you a better chance to make the roster because when it comes down to that 53, they're looking to try and see where can they cut corners to where there's a guy that can play in two different positions. The one thing I've been impressed with him is you look at Larry Borum now and the way his body is looks completely different than what the player that we saw in Missouri that went against the likes of Alabama, which was just a big stocky player. And like now you look at him and he, he looks like he belongs as an NFL offensive lineman. That's really positive for a rookie because I was just looking at, I think there was a picture that was put out um, of all the rookies and you look at them there. And if you have to pick out the offensive lineman, you'd actually pick out Larry Bourne because he has that size. He has that physicality. So it'd be good to kind of see how he gets on that. He'll be one to, to watch in the preseason games anyway, to see how he gets on when it's proper games that you're going through the entire kind of offense and seeing, Really, can you continue to impress? I know little snippets of training camp is important, but it's something that he's going to have to build on. Look, the main part of the offense, and Anthony, I want to bring you in on this. It seems like it's every day. This is what, what people are concentrating on is Andy Dalton and obviously Justin Fields. And like Mike said earlier, that maybe Andy Dalton has been more consistent overall. We don't hear of too many kind of bad decisions. He's that kind of the one thing I've heard from a lot of people is that he knows what he wants to do with the ball, but then, and he he's very decisive in his decisions, and that's what Andy Dalton's always been like. Justin Fields has that bit of X factor where you see some of the throws and you're just like, okay, you see why the Bears moved up, but again, he's a rookie. It takes time for rookies to really get acclimatized to the NFL level. Like Mike said, it's the first week of training camp. And as long as you're seeing progression from Justin Fields, which obviously Matt Nagy and some of the coaching staff have, I know the likes of Lewis Riddick, who's pretty much in terms of the national media is Matt Nagy's guy to, to go to and say what he thinks. And Lewis Riddick was raving about Justin Fields, which for me just means that Matt Nagy is, mm-hmm. ra- is raving about Justin Fields. Look, all I want to see as a Bears fan is him to improve kind of week on week. And then, like we said earlier in the show, when he's ready, you put him in. But how have you kind of, because obviously we're looking at what all the fans are saying at training camp, because they're probably going to be a little bit more in terms of being able to give us more than a lot of the media are allowed to give us. Because again, you take a video of your part in the media and 24 hours later it has to be removed. So, so what have you thought of, I guess, the coverage of both Andy Dalton and Justin Fields for the first week of training camp? 
Yeah, I think actually I want to talk about that first, just before you go any further. Chicago Bears as an organization just don't know how to do things right sometimes when it comes to getting out to their fans and getting to their speak. And I speak as someone who lives in Ireland who is desperate to get some information on the Bears, who can't go to training camp, who can't see all this crap. And instead, Chicago Bears put the media 400 yards behind somewhere. They give a 1,000 tickets out, but somehow only 200 fans show up. What a surprise. There's loads of those things that go on. And it just is something that is absolutely annoying when all the fans for once have got on the same page and our PR seem to just hate us. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Just a little thing in my head. Um, regarding the Justin Fields versus Andy Dalton scenario, and I know Chubbs on our, on, our, on our chat has been saying it as well about how Andy Dalton is trash and that Justin Fields, we need to start in week one because it's a winning mentality. I get that. I genuinely understand where you're coming from. I disagree with you on Andy Dalton is trash. I don't think he is trash. I think Andy Dalton is a better quarterback than the two quarterbacks we had last time. Is it is it accepting mediocrity by having Andy Dalton starting week one? Yeah, I can, I, that argument I could fully understand and get. However, Justin Fields isn't Jesus. He isn't someone that's instinctively ready to play the first snap of the first game of the NFL. Why? Because we don't know. We're going on college games. We're going on this unbelievable viewing that we're seeing. He has thrown interceptions. In He has made mistakes already in training camp. So has Andy Dalton. What I believe is Justin Fields will be the Chicago Bears quarterback for 15 years to come. What I'm seeing right now and snippets that we are allowed to see and are great, like, Anyone that is there, Brad Biggs, everybody that can show it up, that they can show it up, we can see, is that Justin Fields is an absolute phenomenal potential player. Some of the passes and throws he's done, some of the rollouts that he's been able to do is something that we really look forward to do. However, Andy Dalton looks like he's the 7 out of 10 guy that people are liking so far. I want to see the progression, as you can rightly said, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing this the first couple of days. He didn't have a good, had good practice. I'm talking about Justin Fields, and he's got better. Andy Dalton seems to have stayed the same level the whole time. So what you want is you want Justin to constantly catch him till we get to a point, if that's week one, if that's week 10, if that's week, week four, whatever that may be, when Justin Fields overtakes him. And then once Justin Fields is in, and this is the important part, I, I had this conversation with Scott on Saturday on the show, once Justin Fields is in, I do not want him moved unless he's injured. That's it. He's done. Once he starts a game, that's it. We're leaving him in there. Because the second we start doing the two of crap where it's like, well, we're looking for a couple of plays because he can run with his feet. No. Once he's in there, he's done. And it's a matter of when that happens. And it could be week one. It really could. Or it could be week 10. Who knows? Yeah, I feel like as I get closer to it, and I feel like, most fans are probably opposite to me because we went through the part of when we were talking about drafting a quarterback that it probably makes more sense for the Bears long-term to wait and allow them to kind of ease themselves in. Then we went into kind of all the hype and it was like, oh, they need to start week one. But I think I've kind of settled in the point of there's no point in rushing this because whether we like it or not, the Bears are not winning the Super Bowl this year they're most likely not winning their division this year. So for me, it's you pull Justin Fields in when he's ready. And once you do that, I think you're doing the best thing for the franchise. Even if it means, okay, you might not get to see Justin Fields for the 13, 14, 15 games that people want to see him for. If you get to see him for 8, 9, 10 games, okay, well then that's fine. As long as it means that by that stage, he's come in and he's actually ready to play and he feels confident. Because what a lot of fans don't realize is the amount of work that the quarterback has to do both 
pre and post snap before the ball is even thrown to one of the receivers. Like we've seen it so many times. You just have to go back to Mitch Trubisky's first year where the amount of times the play clock was getting to one and two seconds before most guys were actually in position. It's just one of those things that I think we can't rush it. We can't afford to rush it this time. This time, like you've said, Mike, is people are excited for Justin Fields because there's actually that genuine possibility that he is the franchise guy for the Bears. And the last thing you want to do is screw that up by pushing him into the starting lineup too early. Look, I agree with some of the things that I know Chubbs has mentioned a lot in, in the chat and there's a lot of really good points there. But one of the things I keep going back to is it's not so much that you're suppressing Justin Fields. It's about putting him in when he's ready. There's the one thing that I always kind of went to in terms of the Trubisky one is something that Kyle Long said. And Kyle Long said that Mitch Trubisky was ready for the NFL for the Bears, but the Bears weren't ready for him. Now, you need to make sure that by the time that Justin Fields is actually ready to play, it's you just have to make sure it's the right situation, the right time. You can't just force it because if you do it, that's usually when rookies make more mistakes. And what, like we saw with Joe Burrow, bad offensive lines, an offense that's struggling, they feel like they have to do more and they end up getting injured. So it is an important part that once he's prepared, then you put him in. And again, just to go on what Chubbs has said in in the chat, it's not that Mitch Trubisky is the same as Justin Fields. They're two completely different quarterbacks. It's the process a rookie quarterback has to go through. So, Mike, I want to bring you in on this one in terms of what you think of, I guess, what we've heard the last week or so. I know you mentioned that Andy Dalton is has been that kind of steady, consistent guy. It's kind of what we expected going in because Andy Dalton is what he is. You're going to see some of those. You're going to see times that there will be mistakes on on throws, but he's decisive. He gets the offense ready to go. And again, it's one of those things that you look across the league and you see some teams struggling with all of their quarterbacks and you see both Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. And we just have to compare to what we have to go through last season, where it's like one day Nick Foles is better. Next day it's Trubisky. It kind of is very reminiscent of what we're seeing in Denver right now, where I think it's a weird one where, I think it's like Teddy Bridgewater is the better quarterback on odd days, and then Drew Locke is the better quarterback on even days. It's uh, it, it's crazy. But what have you thought of this first week? All of the kind of coverage of these two quarterbacks. Yeah, I well, I think if Andy Dalton wasn't playing as well as he is, the narrative would be completely different because people have good things to say and report about the way things have played. Like, sure, there's been some mistakes that are to be expected as a rookie, but I think it, there's a lot of things about what Justin Fields is doing that are impressive and I think um, are catching people's attention. It's just juxtaposed against Andy Dalton playing better than I think people even expected Andy Dalton to play against. You know, we, Ryan Pace went on Adam Hogue's podcast this past weekend and told the story about how he came um, to Alice Hall on a Saturday and there was one car in the parking lot and he didn't know who it was and it was Justin Fields in there, like in the facility alone working out. And like, that was a, you know, one of the big knocks against Justin Fields going into the draft and after the draft was that he's not that kind of guy, that he's not a first in uh, or first in last out kind of quarterback. And we're hearing from people inside Hallis Hall that that's the complete opposite. He's there on days that nobody's there. He's 
you know, he showed up to um, training camp weeks early because he wanted to start um, getting ahead on thing ahead. Things. Like there's a lot of good stuff coming out about Justin Field. I think the the crazy part is that is Andy Dalton's just playing better in a, in a way that um, people didn't expect. And it's kind of by it, it's kind of putting cold water on the Justin Fields type because of it. Um, but that's also a good problem to have. Like you don't have to, you know, make a decision. It, it, Andy Dalton's playing in a way that can justify him starting in week one and allowing you to kind of bring Justin Fields along slowly like you liked. So I think there's there's that element of it. Um, you know, but and we've talked a lot about playing him when the right time is to play him. And I, and Nagy said that too. He said like it, it's you know, you can't put a date on it. You can't put um, a metric on it that like, you know, once he runs this 40 speed and completes this percentage passes in practice, he's ready to start. It, it's a different kind of eye testing. And we've seen different instances around um, the NFL and throughout NFL history that says, you know, there's really no set loop for the right way to bring a quarterback along. You know, the Seahawks signed, I think it was Matt Flynn to be the starter and they drafted Russell Wilson in the third round. And they had planned to bring him along slowly, but ended up starting Russell Wilson because of his training camp. And um, we've seen how that's played out for Seattle. Uh, you know, you go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2004, Ben Roethlisberger was a first-round draft pick um, in the late, ten, you know, seventh-ish pick, I believe. Um, he wasn't the starter to start the season, started his uh, first game in week three. You know, they went 15 and one that season and lost in the AFC championship game. You know, so there's, you know, a lot of examples of a quarterback getting that starting time early and it, and it paying off for them. Um, you know, the, there are different teams in different situations. So, you know, those aren't apples to apples comparisons. The, the Bears offensive line is definitely going to be a consideration, I think. Um, and if you're going to have to have a quarterback who's making quicker decisions and maybe Andy Dalton being decisive is the case. But I think, you know, coming out of training camp, there's a lot of there was one throw that um, Justin Fields made at Family Fest on Tuesday that was making the rounds and the highlight. And it was a beautiful dime to the left sideline, you know, and you see those kind of flashes and it's great. But like then Andy Dalton goes out and kind of does the same things. Um, so it, it almost seems like a little bit different than last year. In fact, that we had these three quarterbacks, and I don't know that anyone really had a whole lot of confidence in any of them. Um, I think now we we came into this camp thinking, like, why are they forcing Andy Dalton on us? It should be all about Justin Fields. And now after, like, a week of training camp, people are like, okay, well, maybe Andy Dalton's ready to, you know, can be the guy to start before passing the torch to Justin Fields. And I think just the play has kind of changed the narrative, and that's why – um, while we're hearing good things about Justin Fields, it's might not they might not stand out quite the way that we thought they would or would hope because it's being compared to Andy Dalton, who's also playing um, above a certain level. And, and there's this element too that we've also heard the defense has, you know, been lighting up the offense and training camp as well. So, you know, pads are starting to come on, and I think we'll kind of get a better look of like where the true barometer is. Of course, the first preseason game, you know, once there's some live game action and you're put in situations that could change the narrative, but um, you know, that's another point where things can change in an instance. We might um, walk away from that game thinking Justin Fields has to start week one. So, you know, I think, I think it's more so about Andy Dalton out, outplaying expectations early on in training camp than, than anything about the way Justin Fields has or hasn't. Yeah, absolutely. Cause we've mentioned this, Anthony, that, the expectation before training camp with all the fans being there is that Andy Dalton would have to be pretty much perfect for 
Bears fans to give him a bit of credit. And the fact that you look at a lot of Bears fans that are going to these practices, they are giving him credit because he has been impressive. And I know that's not going to be something that a lot of fans want to hear because there's fans out there that literally just want Justin Fields to play from week one, no matter what. And you do have to give a player his dues when he's performing well. Look, whether we like it or not, Andy Dalton was brought in here. He was told he was going to be starting. They also told him that they would be drafting a quarterback at some stage. So he knew exactly the situation he was coming into, but yet there has still been that. Look, Matt Nagy has pretty much told people that it's unlikely that Justin Fields is going to play in week one. Is there a possibility? Sure. Injuries can happen. Justin Fields can completely outplay Andy Dalton for the remainder of training camp. The likelihood of that happening, though, is quite low as from what we've seen so far. And it just seems that I think a lot of people, until you see how Andy Dalton plays in this offense, I think people need to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Yes, he had a poor season with kind of the Cowboys last year, but really when you look at the Cowboys who didn't have a poor season last year, like that's one thing I, I think you do have to take into consideration. Offenses are different. You just have to, you have to wait and see. Like we said, we'll see it in preseason. We'll see it early in, in the regular season. This is a season that, for once, I think Bears fans can actually afford to wait because no matter what we think of this team and if Justin Fields gives the Bears a better chance to win, the likelihood, like I said, of the Bears actually winning the division is quite low because, like we said, this is probably the last year in Green Bay that Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. They're by far the favorites to win, to win the division. Look, if he wasn't there, then I think this this is a little bit different because people are like, okay, now we need to start winning a lot of games this year because we have a genuine chance to make the playoffs. But I don't think there's many people that can say with confidence that the Bears are a playoff team this year. You, you ask anybody and you hear story, you kind of hear people's predictions anywhere from seven wins to ten wins, and you don't know really what you're going to need this year because like we see like we see it every year teams go up and teams go down so look what i wanted to bring you in onto anthony is two points obviously the first thing is the fact that people are actually giving andy dalton his fair dues and then i want to bring you on to kind of the third string quarterback in terms of nick Foles and some <laughs> of the things that he's been saying some of the things that he's been saying because it's kind of pissed me off during the week i'm like you're a third-string quarterback. You got to be brought in to play last year. And like many people have said online, you got outplayed by Mitch Trubisky, who's now has been – he was let go in free agency and signed for, what, $1 million? So, again, I I want I want you to kind of first touch on Andy Dalton, but then secondly, what was your opinion of kind of everything you heard from Nick Foles? Because for me, I thought it was kind of a low blow. Yeah, I think they're actually kind of merged in together. So let's look at Andy Dalton and compare Andy Dalton to what Mitch Dravitsky and Nick Foles were last year. And let's let's people are saying that, that Andy Dalton is trash and Andy Dalton is rubbish and he was terrible for other places. Pretty similar to what they were saying with Nick Foles coming in last year. And let's look at the difference in attitude and performance on both players. Uh, Andy Dalton has come in, he's kept his mouth shut. Supposedly Justin Fields thinks he's absolutely brilliant and has been fantastic for him. He's saying that regularly, um, showing him different things, giving him praise when the coaches might have been having a go of him for something. Um, so Andy Dalton is doing his job as his his salary says he should do. Now let's compare that to Nick Foles, who had an absolute bitch and a moan the other day. Because why? Because you didn't perform last year. 
you just didn't perform. Well, it's the coach's fault. No, no, you didn't perform. You had your opportunity and you did not perform. You had to be taken out for Mitch to come back in and allow it to happen again. So for him then to say that I'm the same player as I was in the Super Bowl and then go out into training and have a video come out where he looks like a granny trying to throw the ball goes into the, goes into the crowd. Oh, so you were better better now than when you're in Super Bowl. How the f did the Eagles win a Super Bowl if you're playing better now? It, it's crazy stuff. If we could kick his ass out and just get rid of him, he exactly is what I'm talking about when it comes to culture and what I'm what I'm about this about the organization. If we're going to grow as a team, and I'm with you, Karen, I don't think we're going to win a division this year. That doesn't mean I'm a negative person saying we're going to we're we're having a negative culture. I'm the complete opposite. I think we're going in the direction where we should go to. We're bringing in players that have the right attitude, the right culture. That's what we should be bringing through right now, and that's what this season should be all about: getting Justin Fields ready. But Nick Foles, he. It's no coincidence that nobody wants him. There seems to be no one wants him. It is the outside of Robert Quinn. It is the big kind of negative I have at the moment in the last twelve months around around Ryan Pace. Um, interesting one, Mikey said about fifth rounders and, and Ryan Pace. I'm with you. If I was if I was a way of doing it where we could move all our round picks to the fifth, get like ten picks in the fifth round, I'm all for that. Give it all to Ryan Pace. Don't ever get it to pick a second, third, or fourth. But it's just Nick Foles needs to be gone. He needs to be gone out of the out of the organization now. Um, we need to send any positive clips we can find to Indianapolis and see what they would uh, they would do with him. Just find anything. Like I mean, get him the the throws to the thirds and tell the tell our defense to first to go in and miss the ball. I don't know. We just need him out. He's just he's he's too far. I think Carson Wentz might have a panic attack if Nick Fowler joins the Indianapolis Colts. That'd be great, though. It would be great to watch that. It really would. No, but one one last thing on, on, on that is that's another example. Everyone goes on about how great a guy Nick Foles is and how great a man he is. I don't know him. I don't know him at all. But what he did this week for the Chicago Bears, that's not being a teammate. That's not being a professional, really. That's being all about Nick Foles and Nick Foles feeling sorry for Nick Foles. And that's disappointing. It's kind yeah. of like what we've seen Nick Foles be in his very brief tenure. You know, I think last – I remember last year they won the one game that they, they won with him as the starting quarterback or um, maybe it was the Atlanta game when he came in and saved the day. I can't really remember which game it was, but he went on that whole like – you know, I think he was being asked like you played – I guess it must not have been the Atlanta game. And you played awfully uh, or we played terribly, but we won the win. He went with this like defiant, you know, wouldn't you rather – win ugly than lose pretty it's like well, you know there are other options besides those two by the way you know but that's kind of he seems very quick to maybe what's i'm trying to think of the right way to say this um you know you can get a little hot run a little hot i guess and it seems kind of like that's the way he is i, I do i do think that it's made it kind of clear that like keeping him on the roster for much longer isn't a wise idea and would not be beneficial to um, to the team. Um, I, th- I think there's a couple of reasons why they might one, you know, an, an injury and needing a backup could be a real situation that the bears have to encounter. Hopefully it's not knock on wood. Um, but also like trade bait, like if somebody loses quarterbacks and needs some quarterback depth or a starter, even in a hurry, you know, there might be your opportunity to bring in some kind of veteran who could help fix the offensive line um, situation with a little mid training camp trade. So, um, you know, from the general manager perspective, I think, yeah, there's a lot of, it makes a lot of sense to keep him around, you know, because he could be valuable in that regard. But yeah, you know, 
I don't know. It, it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a smart decision to kind of go out there and um, kind of blast the team. Yeah, it's it, it goes against what people try and portray Nick Foles as, as this wonderful teammate. And look, no matter how you're feeling, you do not put your team, your coach, or anybody that really is employing you under the bus until you're gone. That's usually a press conference that you see when he has joined a new team. And the fact is he's still there. And the one thing that I, I keep kind of coming he's to like is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's it's one of those that I'm like, why are we wasting time giving that that guy reps? Like, even if it's with the third team, just let Justin Fields do that as well. Give him more reps then. So, I ju- I just don't see the reason why we still have him. Look, I I, I guess the whole injury thing. You maybe you want to play him and have him there for that third preseason game where you do not want to play Andy Dalton or. Justin Fields and it's one that you can just get him to play and if something happens so be it it's kind of where we always saw Tyler Bray play for the past couple of seasons but for me I feel like you're getting to the point of he's just outstayed his welcome in Chicago number one from I guess his actions off the field but also his pretty abysmal play on the field we saw obviously we saw the Atlanta game where he came back and that was great but it's very hard to find another game that he played last year that would fill you with a lot of confidence. Um, and I just feel like it's just a matter of time before I guess that it has to, it just has to be where you need to trade him. Look, you're seeing other teams kind of come around like the Jets signed Josh Johnson. I think it was today or yesterday. So that's one of the veteran guys that they brought in. I think a lot of people thought that he might get traded, but my guess is, that's probably one of them that he has said he didn't want to go to because he's mentioned that there was a couple of teams that were interested in trading, but he said he didn't want to go there. I think it's very obvious he's trying to get a move to Indianapolis, but again, would they want to do that right now? I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. But look, other than, other than that, we saw that obviously Alec Ogletree signed with the Bears today after there was a couple of guys that were put on the COVID list. Brad Biggs has kind of tweeted since saying that the Bears believe that some of those COVID tests that came in, they may have been false positive. So hoping that's the case because obviously the likes of Eddie Goldman, who kind of was very uneasy last year about all the rules that was put in place by the NFL has come back and he'd be one of the last guys you want to kind of get the, to get COVID-19 because he is the one guy that did sit out last year. There's probably family situations there. So hopefully those guys, they are false positives and they can return to practice kind of pretty quick. Um, but look, where where I wanted to finish on this is just kind of some of the standouts that we've heard, some of the stories over kind of the last couple of, I guess the last couple of days, whether it be offense, defense, some of the names that constantly kind of co- have come up that, I guess are more surprises rather than the likes of obviously like Khalil Mack, Roquan, Alan Robinson. I think we can understand that those guys should look good if they're going to be starting on this team. But three names that I kind of earmarked and Anthony, I'll bring you in and you can add any any others if, if you've picked up on them. But one has only recently joined the team and that's Jesse James. Seems like every single time Justin Fields is trying to go past, Jesse James <laughs> seems to be on the end of it. Another one is Riley Ridley actually making some plays where I think it's 
I think I've heard his name more in the last week than I've heard in his first three years for the Bears. And then, obviously, Travis Gibson as well seems to have got a lot of pub over the last week or so with fans saying that he's looked pretty good in the one-on-ones, as would have had, if it was a normal game, would have had a couple sacks in terms of 7-on-7, 11-on-11. So those are kind of some of the, the three names that I guess we didn't expect to hear too much, but you're kind of seeing quite a lot of stuff that comes out from people that are at practices that they seem to be making plays early on in, in um, training camp. Yeah, definitely so. And James is the one that kind of surprised me because everything I read before he joined was like, oh, a bit of a lump, a bit of a, just a kind of nothing kind of player. But yeah, he seems to be the one that, that you mentioned quite a lot. There's two other ones as well that I thought was interesting because obviously we spoke about before was was Vildor. Um, he seems to be really pushing Trufant for, for, um, for that spot. And the second one, Chubbs has just said it, took the words out of my mind, is Damian Williams. Um, and I'm really... I've been saying it, we've been saying on the show, if Matt Nagy can trust his offensive line enough to run the damn ball, we might actually have an offense that allows someone like a Justin Fields to come in even earlier. Because if we can have a scenario where we've, we're looked at as a run team with the likes of Montgomery, the likes of Williams also, by the way, Khalil Herbert is someone that we really should keep an eye on as well because he's someone that's been mentioned a little bit too. But we, if we have an actual run game and whenever Tariq Cohen comes back, that's another kind of gadgety run play. Suddenly we're, we're using that as a weapon, which we haven't been able to do for the last two or three years. Um, and that opens up potentially for like some Mooney, called Komet, who's another one that's been, that's been spoken about quite highly. And look, if all these guys that have been spoken about highly end up being what they are, then you never know. We might be challenging. We'll have a different conversation in 10 weeks' time. Um, but what I'm really interested in, in is is what those guys, that, even the guys that are coming in, what kind of people are they that we're bringing in? Because we spoke about at the very start of our Irish Bear Show about the culture of the organisation and the, and the culture of the players. Now we've got rid of Anthony Miller. Hopefully, Wims goes with him. And if Foles walks out the door as well, and we're replacing those guys with different characters that we could want to get involved who want to be here, who want to play for the organisation. And if that means Riley Ridley finally gets a kick up the ass that he needs because he sees his mates gone out the door and it results in him performing on the field brilliant that's what we want um I, I just i'm very positive about this camp i know the o-line injuries have been have been bad but what i love about it is that it's not just about a rob or it's not just about mac or such it's actually about the guys you just spoke about and then the ex- extra ones i've added in and, and other people have mentioned that they could potentially step up and we may uh, we may at the end of this season be talking about something different one thing i want to throw into actually i just I just thought of it just there is that Remember this time last year, there was questions being asked of Roquan Smith. Genuinely, around 12 to 14 months ago, there was genuine questions being asked about Roquan Smith about what kind of what was he going to be? Is he going to take the next step? Is he going to the next level? And now we're all talking about, rightly, this guy could be our superstar defender. I wonder who we're going to be talking about in 12 months' time in, a certain, in any other position in the exact same way. Um, I don't know, but I think there is going to be another player that's going to push right through and become that that next step, next level that would be there. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting, I guess, conversation to have because it's it, it's really difficult to tell because, like we said last this time last year, there were some people that were questioning Rokon. I don't think I would have been one of them because you see kind of the talent that's there again. Some kind of looking at some of the guys that seem to be standing there, some of the guys that you mentioned, absolutely, obviously, Cole Kmet is 
one that a lot of people seem to be talking about saying that he looked really big, looked very athletic this year as well. And probably helps the fact that he's actually got an off season this year to improve when last year didn't get, like, he didn't get most of the, the mini camps, all that sort of stuff, didn't get preseason games and was just trusted straight into it. The one thing you don't hear too much of is you actually don't hear that much about kind of Jimmy Graham. A lot of it is about Cole Komet. So hopefully that means that he's going to be taking more of the reins in terms of the running backs, I always find it difficult to know really what you're going to get from the running backs in training camp because you don't really see that much with them because, again, when it's not kind of full flow, can't really sack a quarterback, you you don't see too much. Like once the defense really comes through, like how hard are they really going? I think we're not going to know much until it hits those preseason games. A little bit of, I guess, concern over Tariq Cohen still not being able to get on some – there's been kind of different people saying that he looks like he's walking with a limp and then other people saying, no, he looks fine. Some people saying he looks kind of bigger than normal. Some people saying he looks the same. So you can't really judge with Tariq. But for the rest of the guys, it's it's definitely going to be interesting that running back room. Look, Mike, is is there anybody that kind of you noticed or even you've noticed people talking about more that maybe you didn't expect to that people would be talking about early on in training camp? Well, um, good question. You, you brought up a lot of good names. Um, Marquise Goodwin is someone I feel like I've heard a lot of good things about, and people have said that he's going to be a problem. Uh, I don't know if that comes out of the blue. I think that was probably to be a little bit expected, um, but I think it's always nice when those kind of things are confirmed and it feels like it's not going to be something that you have to worry about or somebody's not exceeding expectations. I've heard a lot about Cole Komet, how he looks, um, kind of – the way that they're trying to give him a lot of reps and force him into first team situations and kind of signaling maybe intentionally that he's going to be a big part of the offense. Um, and I think, you know, if that's the case, tight ends would help a young quarterback in Justin Fields if he were to play. Um, so that'll be something interesting to see. And, you know, if he can kind of handle the, you know, first 80 yards and Jimmy Graham can be more of a red zone specialist, I think that's, a good situation for the tight end position. Um, so those those names, David Montgomery is another person I've heard a lot about, somebody who's gotten faster um, and really put in a lot of work in the offseason to better himself for this season, you know, and that's a position where they've kind of bulked up. You know, Tariq Cohen's coming back, Damian Williams has been added, they drafted Khalil, uh, Khalid Herbert from Virginia Tech. So, you know, there's a lot more depth there, and I don't know that his position as the starting Running back is in doubt by any means, but, um, you know, there's a little bit more competition there than he's used to. And I think the, his approach to the offseason and kind of how he's turned heads early in, in um, tra- training camp is probably a good thing. He must have heard Matt Nagy's interview where he said he was going to try and get him 20, 20 carries a game. And he's trying to take advantage of those carries and get them since he knows how hard they are to come by. Yeah, it's. It, I find that one so funny because I think it was it was Scott that I was talking to where I just don't believe Matt Nagy when, when he says he's going to get David Montgomery twenty carries a game. It's 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 a tough one to kind of decipher because look, we spent whatever it was, kind of twenty twenty five minutes talking about the offensive line and how it means for the quarterbacks. But essentially, what we've said all off season is how important the running game is going to be and. The fact is we need the offensive line to be kind of all in, all in as one so that the running game can get going because 
if that doesn't happen, then you're pretty much taking away the play-action game, which is what Justin Fields likes to do, gets him a little bit more time so he can make some of those kind of big throws that we've seen him make at Ohio State. So I think the offensive line is going to be very important, not only for the protection of Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, but to actually be able to have that platform that we have looked for. The reason why towards the end of the season we saw David Montgomery get a little bit more successful is because he wasn't getting tackled as he hit the line of scrimmage, that he was able to get through the offensive line, defensive line, and he was able to get a little bit of space. But I think that's why it's going to be one of those that is really going to be important to kind of look at over the next couple of weeks, see kind of what the offensive line is going to look like. Hopefully we can get one or two of the guys back and kind of as we get closer to the regular season, the offensive line will get back healthy and there won't be as many questions. Look, Mike, it's been it's been great having you on today. Again, second time on the show. Soon enough we're gonna have to get you like a half or, or something like that. But it's it's been uh it's been great having you on. Do you wanna tell people about any kind of your upcoming stories, podcasts, anything like that? Yeah, uh we got a great team over here covering the Bears. Um Adam Hogar Insider uh knows the team better than just about anyone and he's a really smart football mind and somebody I put you know I listen to what he has to say, and we got Alex Shapiro, who I believe has been on the show, um, out there doing great things. And so just follow Bulls Talk, um, or as we like to call it, Justin Fields Talk on Twitter. I like to put uh, put a lot of emphasis into um, that account and doing fun things over there. So, you know, it's going to be an exciting season. Uh, we hope everybody will kind of experience that excitement with us. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's it's been great, Anthony. It's been great having having you back like i said it's it's good to be able to uh talk bears even if we haven't been able to do it just yourself and myself for the for the last while with all the changes that's been going on here at the irish bear show um but yeah look guys make sure that you do subscribe to the channel all of this will be available on all your normal kind of audio channels as well make sure you follow michael make sure you follow anthony and and the show on pretty much all of our social media platforms um, also, we will have a special show next week where Caitlin Sharkey will be joining the show, so make sure that you check that out. We'll have our normal kind of Saturday show with the, with the different co-hosts this Saturday as well, and obviously then we get close to preseason games. So, again, it's it's been great having you on, Michael. It's been great having you as well, Anthony. Until next time, everybody, bear down. Bear down.